Welcome, welcome to another exciting uh, show today with me, Kobe Vance. That's right. And uh, today's topic, if you look at it, is all the setback I have had in the mountaineering expeditions and how I overcome them. Right. Um, I'm actually with one of uh, the Everest climber, Mr. Ravi Chandran Everest is very well known. But uh, before we go on on today's episode, I will love to welcome everybody, ladies and gentlemen, for these adventures and this topic today that we're going to talk about. Um, today's topic is all about adventure, right? So it's all about mountaineering and Everest, where we be diving deep into the world of mountaineering and the incredible journey of one of the remarkable individuals. Um, I just mentioned his name. is our guest speaker today. Uh, his name is Ravi Chandran Everest as well as known, right? Um, as we sip on our coffee, that's why we call it Kopi Vance, um, soak into the atmosphere, we have to explore the heights and challenges that have been conquered by those who dare to climb some of the world's most majestic peaks. From the comfort of these cozy surroundings, we will be transported to the inspiring realms of the mountain summits, icy slopes, and breath breathing breathtaking and um, situations, right? But today I would love to have the honor to introduce our guest, uh, Mr. Ravi, who's gonna come in very shortly. Um, the climber who has stood on, on the roof of the world, gazing down upon the beauty and the majesty that not only a few, but many who have done it, but with a lot of challenges. And that's what we're gonna talk about today, about all the setbacks with Ravi. As we engage in this conversation, let's not uncover the physical challenges of this mountaineering, and you know, sometimes we heard from the muses, right? There's a lot of challenges that they went through, but we will look at every peak and also the value of his journey and see how he actually uh, made many attempts and conquered as well. Um, so, whether you are a seasoned mountaineer or an inspiring adventure, or simply uh, someone who appreciates the boundless spirit of human exploration, so this episode promises to resonate with your inner explorer join us as we share these stories and insight a deep appreciation for the power of nature and the arts which a human spirit can solve so without further ado let's raise our cups if you're having a coffee if you're having a water no problems and determination the thrill of the climb well let's welcome ravi chandran everest and right here at kopi with us hello ravi sir hi how are you, sir, today? Good. Uh, uh, feeling good now, better uh, in terms of, um, you know, um, coming back from um, my last, I mean, uh, just recent uh, climb to Everest and also Lhotse. All right. Um, after three months, I fully uh, still under recovering from my frostbite, but I'm feeling good now. Yes. And thank you for inviting for your show. Uh, this is my second time on your show. Hope your fans will be uh, happy with. Uh, I know, uh, last year we also we talked about it, and um, you know you gave a lot of uh, inspiring 
motivational quotes as well as you know how the challenges that you have uh, faced and overcome it. Uh, but of course, Ravi, uh, if if we have the pleasure to introduce yourself uh, to the, our viewers who might be joining us again. All right, my name is uh, Ravi Chandran. Uh, you can always uh, uh, call me Ravi. Ravi Everest. Um, been on Everest uh, four times, so expedition and three summit and one up to 8,000 meter. Uh, been on K2 um, last year. And last year, uh, something uh, confident, I mean, something good. Uh, did Everest and uh, K2 back to back in 72 days. Um, so that was a, a nice experience reaching two summit number one and number two in 72 days. Uh, that was good. Um, this year, wanted to do Everest and Lhotse, but only managed, could manage uh, Everest. Uh, could not uh, continue with uh, Lhotse. So it's, um, it, it was fantastic uh, and climbing all the seven summit all around the world, except for the uh, South Pole, um, Antarctica, Vincent Massif. That's the only uh, peak that pending. Uh, been doing guiding work all around the world in mountaineering, uh, those places where they allow us to guide uh, and to lead teams. Yeah? So, and then also been busy uh, teaching and uh, sharing with people the technique of hiking, climbing, and um, inspiring people all around the world, businessmen and non-businessmen, also school children, in taking up bigger challenges in life. Yeah? And uh, I think that's what basically what I do for the past 27 years. And uh, it's an exciting uh, world to be, uh, especially in mountaineering. Uh, as uh, every season, there's new things coming up. Every season, we have new challenges. And we go through a lot of, um, you know, all kinds of emotional feelings, good, bad, sad, you know, um, grateful, lot of feelings comes in in uh, every expedition All right so that's me All right thank you Ravi thank you for the introduction um Ravi, I know uh, you know this year you also uh, went to Nepal and had a great experience I said that's what we're going to share today with our viewers today uh, but this time um, I have prepared some short questions uh, for yourself and uh, so that you know we, we can understand maybe you can bring us to Everest and uh, by your words and your experiences um, with a lot of stuff that's been going on, not only just going to Everest, catching on plate, but the preparation, the kind of stuff that you have, mental motivation, your health, your fitness, so much of things to talk about. But first thing I'm going to cover is, the first thing first, uh, is nutrition and hydration. Um, you know, when you're climbing, um, how do you get hydrated? You know, do you, you need to carry like liters and liters of water? And yeah. So we, we, we have um, right from base camp. Yeah? Once we reach the base camp, that's where our expedition will start. So from base camp, we have uh, camp one. Then we move to camp two. Then we have camp three. Then camp four. Then to reach the summit and return. Right. So all of us get access of water. Our kitchen crew at the base camp will prepare. Then the Sherpas will prepare from Camp 1 to Camp 4, all right? And uh, what we do is that we take uh, the water from the glacier, all right? And above Camp 1 to Camp 4, we use the snow and the uh, ice to, you know, to boil them and we prepare our drinks. Nutrition-wise, at the base camp, yes, we have kitchen crew prepare fantastic food uh, to keep us uh, energized and so on, yeah? And... Um, at the Camp 1 to Camp 4, we depend on very uh, minimal resources. Uh, the Sherpa will prepare some you know, soup, some uh, noodle base, and also some uh, meal that we buy, uh, you know, pre-cooked meal uh, from uh, US and so on. Yeah? So these are very nutritional uh, food that gives us uh, the, the energy to move from one camp to another camp. Right? Then we also depend on... Um, uh, few other supplement um, like this year I was depending on hammer and also depending on hutan ration yeah the yeah. Uh, bar, energy bars uh, recovery powders and stuff like that so they are all there uh, to give me um, uh, keep me uh, what do you call nutritionized 
the, with full of nutrition, sorry, and then um, um, having a good health and ready for our push from one camp to another camp. Right, the hydration-wise also, yes, we always uh, make sure that we are, uh, our water loading is very good. And then we also need enough water when we're moving from camp one to uh, camp two until camp four. Yeah? So we depend much on the natural resources, that is the snow and the ice that available. Right? The, of course, it's tough to cook uh, there with the low oxygen uh, in the atmosphere. The fire don't uh, work very well. So it'll yeah. take a longer time and you have to be patient to cook and get things, uh, you know, uh, into your body system. So that's how uh, difficult it is. Yeah, But other than that, uh, everything is smooth. We are we are able to recover. Sometimes, yes, on a bad day, a poor condition, uh, you'll find that uh, the food is not really helping. You'll find that your energy level is dropping and that's where you get stuck. And then you ask for, you know, uh, rescue to come and, you know, help you out right. to bring you to safety. All right? Go ahead. So I believe uh, nutrition and uh, hydration is very important. Um, but just a, a quick question. So when you're up there, do you miss your Malaysian food, like those nasi lama, the lunto, that kind of stuff? Yes. If you are first time going to this kind of uh, expedition, of course, you will miss them uh, very much. Because 60 days in the mountain, you know, without your um, comfort, uh, so-called uh, things, that makes you gives you pleasure in life right you have to sacrifice many things especially the food yeah uh, but then uh, we've been there many times in and out and we guide people people about adjusting to the new environment and so on so one of it is of course the food all right i love the nepali food i love uh, western food so i don't have much issue about the food prepared by our crew at the base camp eh? they're fantastic cook um, they prepare nice food you know you every day you feel good uh, it's just that they came one to came for this is where you have to uh, survive with uh, average uh, food yeah um, but but it's okay since you have been there many times you know uh, your expectation is uh, you know uh, is good and you don't have very high expectation of the food you just want to make sure that you have enough energy to move on yeah and also the Ravi I mean you know I mean, prior to this uh, climb, I mean, of course, we have done a lot of preparation, but also when we look at the gear and the equipment, um, you are like covered up, you know, in your hands and legs and kind of stuff. Um, are they like like 10 kgs or 20 kgs or something like that? No, no, it's a, it's a very high technology apparel. The suit is very light. When you put on, after you move for a while, you don't feel the thing is on your body. All right, that's how light it is. And it's very technical, uh, very, uh, what do you call it? Very uh, expensive. They use all kind of material. They use the proper down, very high quality down to keep you warm, yeah? to capture your body heat and to keep you warm. That's the apparel. And it's a full suit. It's a single piece suit, yeah, uh, which even the astronaut use many of the people use it so it's very light then you have your uh, right right from your helmet then right. uh, i i just use uh, glasses i don't depend on the uh, goggles anymore then you have the oxygen mask with the regulator and the oxygen at the back which comes about um, four liter right. uh, four kg yeah? and then you have the uh, one backpack to carry these things then you have your glove uh, mitten very high quality gloves. Then you have the socks and you have the boots. So this is basically the equipment that you carry, the plus the harness and all the carabiners, and Juma, figure eight for you to go up and come down. And uh, if those slopes, some slopes are very uh, tricky slope, yes, we also right. carry the item. Yeah? So these are the equipment that we basically depend on. And it's not really heavy. Then of course we would put in some extra things like snacks, supplement uh, into the bag so if you look at it overall it's not really heavy it's manageable at high altitude 10 kg uh will feel like it's 20 kg it's because your body's tired uh every load will you know be double from what you used to carry at a zero level yeah so that's why when you prepare yourself you need to prepare 
mentally and physically as if you're going to carry 20 kg. Right. Even though it's 10 kg of uh, a weight that you're going to carry um, during your summit push. Yeah. So basically, that's what we do and that's what we do. So it's not really heavy. It's just that high technical gears comes in light, but to a certain extent, it's durable. I mean, it's strong. They use strong material. That's why it's a bit expensive. Even the seal, they use very proper seal, waterproof, very high quality waterproof seal. The stitching also sometimes double, sometimes triple, very strong stitching. Right. And it can take the challenge. All right. But to a certain uh, extent, if you drop, if you drop on the rock and so on, yeah, there's a big possibility that the apparels will break. And then the first start coming out, we all have. That's why we carry uh, what we call duct tape. And whenever we have these issues, we put on the duct tape. Duct tape. And then yeah. I forgot also to mention about crampon to the boots, yeah? So uh, those are also light crampon that we use, uh, technical crampon uh, with certain strength, yeah? So overall, it's, um, uh, it's not really heavy, uh, but uh, experienced climber who have been there many times, they will know how to prepare to carry this kind of equipment and how to keep themselves uh, having enough strength in your leg muscles, yeah? Right. And also one of the pictures that you posted, I actually saw you are sleeping inside it. <laughs> you can actually uh, sleep within it, right? I mean, you don't take it out, right? No, that, that sleeping bag, uh, we sometimes we go into a sleeping bag if you need a uh, further uh, recovery to keep yourself warm and so on. Not just the suit, we also go into a sleeping bag, especially at Camp 4, Camp 3. Uh, it's very cold. Uh, some days minus 20, some days minus 30, especially in the evening, in the night when the wind is blowing. Oh. Yeah? Temperature will drop very low. So we need a minus 40 sleeping bag and a, a good uh, warm uh, down suit in order for us to survive the cold temperature. So uh, we depend on both. Yeah. Right. And also, um, I mean, you've been there a couple of times and... Uh, your personal transformation, <laughs> you know, when, when you talk about this, like 60 days in a mountain, you know, we is being like Asians, especially coming from Malaysia, uh, we, you know, all the favorite foods, you forego there and you go there and families, friends and so and so forth. I mean, you go there and then you do all those stuff. What is this personal transformation all about to you, Ravi? I think it's about uh, accepting changes and also sacrificing comfort zone, yeah? So these are the first thing that we built in uh, climbers when we bring them to Everest or any other 8,000 meter peaks. Yeah? Last year, I had two clients. When we go there, we start uh, building their uh, mental readiness. Right? We start preparing them, accepting, um, uh, what do you call? The, uh, what we going, the challenge that we're going to face uh, on Everest. And in terms of food, in terms of uh, gears, in terms of lifestyle, uh, in terms of, uh, what do you call, sacrifices that you have to make from your normal life to the actual expedition lifestyle. So that transition uh, is very challenging and uh, some people will fail. They might be uh, good at the base camp, but when they want to go to camp one, they start um, having second thoughts. Some will give up. Some will say, no, I want to turn around. I want to go back home. Some will push forward. Those who are mentally strong, they will keep on pushing forward. So it's, it's a big uh, transformation from a uh, uh, comfortable lifestyle. You're bringing them to a very challenging lifestyle. So one have to be uh, good mentally to accept this kind of transformation. So it's, it's uh, some, But then after that, when we finish our expedition, we come back. Uh, to back to the city in Kathmandu, we have all the luxury back as usual. All right. Only thing is that we miss our family, of course. Yeah, been outside there for sixty days. Yeah, but when you come back home, of course, everything will be back to normal. So that that's the, it. Uh, the Ravi is called a momo, right? Is it momo? Uh, the kind of food like a dumpling. <laughs> right, the dumpling. Yeah. Do you like that also? Yeah, yeah, of course, they, they make that at the base camp itself, yeah? So the boys are really good. Our chef, our Sherpas, they really prepare well, yeah? And we feel very comfortable, especially people have been there many times. They feel really at home. So we don't miss our family because we have friends. Most of the Sherpas are friends. And uh, we are like brothers, you know? We work very hard. 
um, to keep to stay focused and we accept all the food that being served and of course we are very grateful uh, to the cook they really prepare that harsh condition with that difficulty they also stay there two months with us and they prepare fantastic food right, all right. and also Ravi I mean time to time um, the weather conditions um, and mother nature uh, of course, we always see Mother Nature as a, the softer side. She's very elegant. She's very beautiful. She's very patient. She's very uh, sunny. You know, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you can uh, you have experienced it before uh, while at uh, the Everest. Um, what do you have to say about the weather and the conditions? Uh, because it can change instantly. Am I right to say that, uh, Ravi? Yes. Um we survived that two months and uh, we are prepared for the uh, harsh weather while at the base camp at the base camp we are cool some days will be you know snowstorm for uh, three four continuous days and you know everything is cold but we have good base camp our service provider um, the 14 peaks they prepare fantastic base camp for us and uh, we are at home Right, even though uh, very low temperature with the heavy snow down, uh, snow downpour, and uh, you know, um, very wet, uh, gloomy days, right? But we keep our spirits up, and everything is good. But on our summit push is the one that we always uh, uh, worry about when there's a right. weather change. Right. We always want to have, we always do a weather check. And we make sure that we are going at the very um, um, best weather that we can get. But you also have plus minus uh, wind strength that can change five degree from time to time. Uh, temperature can drop plus minus five degree, sometimes even 10 degree. Things can change, especially with the current global warming. Yeah, uh, Many people don't understand uh, uh, that the effect of what they do here back home in Malaysia can actually create um, a dangerous situation for us when we are climbing Mount Everest. So the global warming is also really affecting and uh, very extreme weather change. So we are hoping that uh, everybody will play a role in uh, reducing the damage uh, to, the, um, to the environment. And as such, we will have a more steady weather and uh, conditions for us to take up these kind of big challenges. Uh, especially this year was uh, last year was good uh, last year was very easy we had a two weeks of window to climb to the summit and come back home safely everybody did well only three casualty last year but this year the weather and the condition was a bit harsh we only had two small windows 17 18 then followed by if i'm not mistaken it was 22 23 24 of may so it was very close uh, window and it was uh, also very harsh with massive uh, climbers, traffic jam, uh, COVID spreading all over base camp. Um, many are having flu. We still force ourselves to go up, struggling right. to recover. And uh, these are some of the, um, the weather, con weather and condition actually uh, um, uh, was uh, at Everest this year. So it was not smooth sailing like last year, all right? So weather and uh, condition can be very harsh on Everest. And uh, last few years, I think it has been good. But this year, it really, really show us the, the other side of it, all right? It was not smooth at all, all right? So um, I believe uh, it's common. Uh, it's happening everywhere. Rampant uh, weather condition changes from uh, very uh, normal to extreme. So I think we have to be prepared for it, for the next one. The next time, uh, 2025, when I, if I go there, then of course I'll be more prepared for much more extreme weather change, right? So uh, indeed, uh, Ravi, I mean, Mother Nature can sometimes be very fierce. <laughs> sometimes she can be very kind and loving. So we do not know why she changes, but like what you said, uh, the real thing is the global warming and things are changing so rapidly within a couple of uh, minutes or hours or within seconds, things can change so quickly. And I'm, I'm sure you have seen that. Um, 
We also, as we going on to the next one, Ravi, I mean, uh, environmental impact. Um, I, 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 can't, I can't be very sure which post I saw. In one of the social media posts, I saw a Coca-Cola bottle at uh, in the Everest. Just left it there. You know, uh, some kind of trashes, all that. Um, what is your take for this? I mean, not only certain bottles are there, but a lot of items, sometimes the pans and all that are just left it there. Um, will there will be a huge impact there as well, Ravi? Yes, we have seen, um, especially at Camp 4, 8,000 meters south coast. We see many uh, things being left behind. All right. We have uh, many uh, SOPs being practiced by the Nepal government to ensure that uh, everybody who go up uh, bring back their trash. Uh, we pay deposit. Climbers also pay deposit. And if you don't bring down the trash, our deposit will be forfeited. So, so we all know our role to manage the environmental impact. Uh, organizations like uh, the companies who are providing us the permit, um, they also will actually keep reminding us from time to time. And uh, I was the leader for one of the group uh, this year. And um, I have to sign um, a contract with the Nepal Tourism to ensure that we keep our things uh, clean and we bring back down all the trash so these are some of the sops that have been put in place to help to reduce uh, to reduce the impact but um, at camp four from the previous many other expedition that they have been uh, using the same campsite we can see the old old trash are still there from the damaged tent um, left back uh, and so on but uh, currently, all the oxygen bottles that have uh, been kept up there are all being brought down and being recycled. So uh, things are good now. Uh, all the companies, operators are doing a good job in making sure that the oxygen bottles are being uh, brought down and being recycled for years, huh? for many years. Uh, and so... It's a good system and uh, things are improving so much. But at the same time, during a difficult day, if you're carrying a bottle of, uh, say, Coke, you want to have some pleasure after climbing up or climbing mm -hmm. down, all right, uh, you drink. But some days uh, are very bad. Sometimes the wind will blow the bottle away from you uh, deep into a very dangerous zone Then no one can actually pick it up. So we have that kind of issues also, yeah? But uh, I think the climbers are very ethical people. They have done a good job. Most of the climbers that I see, they're fantastic. They don't have habits of throwing things and so on. So I think uh, um, maybe the trash that they're talking about is coming from many years ago. Or uh, the trash happened because uh, something that out of control. Right? So uh, I believe uh, they, won't, they will never do it on purpose because... Most of us, the climbers, they have a very good understanding on the environmental uh, impact, all right? And of course, uh, the criticism that we will receive from uh, people in case uh, if we um, abuse it and we ourselves leave behind trash um, and uh, not bringing them down, all right? So um, I believe uh, things will improve from time to time and the um, education part, and the ethics and the practices being put by Nepal tourism, uh, it is good and it's improving uh, the situation of environmental impact. So I think I think it will uh, change to better years to come. Yeah? Right. Thank you, Ravi. Thank you for that as well. Because uh, Mother Nature, you know, like we just talked about it. Sometimes she get angry. Sometimes she's just loving. You know, so probably she's not very happy. But of course, like what you said, you know, nobody does it um, intentionally. You know. Everybody's playing their part, you know, to you know to to keep this place very preserved. At the same time, you not know, to exploit that, right? Um, how about your unique perspectives, uh, Ravi, over the years that you climb, and what you have it after this well, trip as well? Four times on Everest with three summit, uh, K two summit, and also a few other eight thousand meter peaks. Um, I, I look at. Uh, mountaineering makes you a better person from time to time. Yeah? And 
the challenge is very unique. Every time you have different challenges. So it's never uh, easy to, um, to come with a standard experience. All the experiences are different, right? Some days are good, some days are bad, some days are, you know, you come back home feeling sad. Some days, uh, you know, you come back home very happy, cheerful, that, you know. And um, sometimes we lose friends. Sometimes we have to leave behind people. Um, and it's very unique. So overall, I will say that it makes you a better person. All right? It, uh, mountaineering makes you um, uh, realize things, realize mistakes that we do, um, and realize um, how poor we are in terms of fitness-wise, in terms of health, in terms of discipline. And it's always great to be back there because every time you have problem, you overcome it and you go back there again. And that's what this is all about, um, you know. So mountaineering really helps us to, um, uh, to keep us very steady, uh, to keep us uh, very unique uh, because uh, different climbers have different sets of uh, um, understanding, feelings. That's why when we say 60 days, right, when we meet other climbers, it's always fun because they are different. They are totally different and so nice to be with them, spending 60 days there, understanding them, learning about them. It's always great. And sometimes 90% you'll meet fantastic people with fantastic characters, including the Sherpas. Very nice people. There are one or two that sometimes uh, maybe due to lack of oxygen, they couldn't think straight. Uh, you know, they start showing their nasty um, characters and so on. That can happen to anyone, all right? Also, including us, when we have lack of oxygen, we forget many things. We become like, you know, senile. We are right. out of focus. You know, we forget our true self. It can happen. We Our ego will be playing a bigger role, you know, and uh, taking us to different, uh, what do you call it, different sets of characters and so on. It can happen to anyone, yeah? So it's all part and parcel of being unique. Right? That's what this is all about. Uh, mountaineering, it takes you to deep places where your uniqueness will start to show. Right? And I've seen this in many people that I guide. I've seen this in my own self. Right? right. And, uh, it's, uh, it is uh, fantastic to know yourself when you're put in that position. Right? So I have seen some of the unique things that I have uh, experienced, I have uh, come across in all my 8,000 meter expeditions. Yeah? So I would say um, uh, it's very unique from one person to another person. Uh, and we react differently from time to time at different altitude on a different day. All right. So that's what this is all about. Yeah? Thank you, Ravi. Thank you for the unique uh, perspectives. And also to the viewers, uh, we are at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn as well. You can actually visit any of these social media to get this fantastic interview. And of course, post-production uh, as well. I mean, this video and this audio also will be in Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So you can actually listen to them anytime of the day. Just click on uh, copy events and then you can be able to listen this uh, interview with Ravi. Um, of course, we have just finished uh, the unique uh, perspectives of Ravi, and we will now go into the community and support. I mean, Ravi, I know one part is your passion, one part is you know you you going back to the mountain again and again. Something draws you back, but we know on the other part of you, uh, you're also doing a lot of uh, work, groundwork in Malaysia as well. Because I know just before today, you have another. A segment of motivational talks and kind of stuff. Maybe we can go into a little bit of this community and support that you're doing currently now. Well, experience. Uh, experiencing is um, um, if you keep it to yourself, um, then there's no much development in us. So what we do, uh, most of the mountaineers do, is that they go out, they share, they inspire people. All right. We have seen uh, some of the great in, uh, you know, inspirational um experiencing we have uh, shared with many people around the world um, from an ordinary um climber you know we achieve great things 
um, then we share all our experience to inspire people. Um, right now, we are approaching schools. Uh, we touch um, children's kids, and um, we uh, make them uh, um, feel that they are capable of facing any challenges in life. And we also go to underprivileged homes. We also go to um, um, handicaps. Uh, organizations and try to inspire them into taking bigger challenges in life. Without developing the community, uh, you will find that there is no uh, growth in what we do. All right? We need to see uh, people being inspired, not just to climb Everest, even to climb a small hill. That itself is a great thing for us. The more number of people that we develop, that we inspire to stay healthy, to take up challenges in their life, right from you know uh, school children to an adult to a CEO, uh, we feel great. So that's the kind of community work and support that we're doing now. And we love to receive invitation from especially the schools and underprivileged homes um, and share um, our experience and hoping that one day, you know, the whole community will start to develop in uh, the kind of inspiration that we give to them. All right? So that's what uh, we are hoping for. Uh, and uh, we will never stop. We don't stop. Uh, I believe all the mountainers around the world are doing the same thing, um, including the Shabas. Uh, they are also reaching out to the underprivileged uh, community and uh, supporting them in many ways. Yeah. So I believe uh, um, all the climbers around the world are doing the same. It's a great thing. I hope we will continue. We will continue to do our part in building the community. Yeah? So uh, let's, uh, let's hope um, uh, we will um, uh, develop into better people and uh, supporting the community um, and um, make them uh, feel great at all times. Thank you, Ravi. Thank you. Um, uh, for the viewers right now, um, for those who posted these questions for Ravi, I definitely will take them. Just a couple of more uh, questions for Ravi. After that, I will definitely will address uh, some of the questions that's already uh, viewers have already posted. I'm definitely going to take them. Um, I mean, Ravi, of course, from community now, we are actually going into a few more uh, questions for you before we will answer the questions from the viewers. Um, physical recovery. I mean, there's one thing that, um, um, I mean, of course, I've not been to Everest at all. I mean, just went to Nepal. Uh, but, but you know, the physical recovery seems to be longer in, in, in the human body. Is it because of the harsh condition, because of the altitude, because of the pressure? Uh, if we even talk about the dead, dead zone, uh, we, we talked about it. Is it all because of this uh, contribution to the human body that actually keeps the pressure? Is it that that's why the physical recovery takes a bit longer? I think it's um, partly is because of the oxygen in the atmosphere. Now we have good food intake, we have a good uh, uh, water intake, we have enough energy, um, and we we make sure that we have enough rest. Right. But the problem is that when you are at a high altitude, especially the dead zone, where you have very low oxygen, um, very, very low oxygen uh, in the atmosphere, what happens is that your recovery will be affected. Right? So your physical recovery somehow uh, will be affected and you have to go down as soon as possible back to the base camp. In order for us to recover some, to a certain extent, they even fly out to Kathmandu. Those who really have enough financial resources, they'll fly out to Kathmandu to rest at 1,000 plus meters. And the body will recover very fast because of the oxygen in the atmosphere. All right. And um, so we have uh, uh, what we call a very good uh, uh, um, recovery. Uh, all the opportunities there for us to fully recover. But if you opt to stay at the base camp, also, yes, will take a few more extra days for you to recover. But some of us will even walk down all the way to 3,000 meters to Namche Bazaar to rest for a few days and then go up again. All right. So this is uh, basically 
what people do in order for them to fully recover. Beside the nutrition, beside the food intake, the getting down to a lower uh, altitude is also right. another is the best option actually. But at high altitude, what we do while we are sleeping, we also put on oxygen support. All right, concentrated oxygen support will also help us to recover to a certain extent. All right, right. that's how we recover. So we use all these methods in order for us to make sure that we have enough oxygen in our uh, blood cell and uh, for us to be able to recover physically. All right. And also, of course, mentally also. Yeah. So this is basically right. how. But there are some people who cannot recover at all. They just go back home. All right. They just fly out from uh, base camp to Kathmandu and yet they cannot recover. They just go back home. So it can happen to anyone. All right, so as we get old, our recovery uh, will drop and age factor also plays a big role, I guess so. Uh, your recovery will take a longer process compared to a young, uh, you know, um, full of energy person. Yeah. So that's why um, I believe uh, it's very individualistic how fast you recover, but we depend on outside resources and also technique of going down as soon as possible too recover right thank you Ravi thank you for that um pretty much the last two questions for you before we take the uh, questions from the viewers inspirational figures for well, mountaineering is um, full of uh, inspirational figures the guy the Sherpa with me he's inspiring because uh, they've been there much more longer many summits compared to us they themselves are an inspiration for me and then followed by all the other sherpas kamirita and few other people who have done 25 26 times on the summit of everest then you have um, uh, mesner who are the first person to complete all the 14 meter peaks and uh, you have also our own uh, national uh, climbers who do a very uh, well at the beginning of our um, climbing history. So all these people really inspire uh, uh, people like us, all right? And every year when we go there, when we accomplish something, we are also hoping that we will be also an inspiring figure for others, all right? This is what uh, this uh, climbing is all about. It's about... Right. Uh, uh, achieving greatness in our life and making other people feel great, all right? Changing the life of people who are not able to climb with us, who are not able to do what we do, but we share with them our experience and we inspire them, right? So uh, everybody are uh, inspirational to me, actually. A small kid, if you ask them whatever they do, it's always a wonder how right. they achieve greatness and and for me, Messner was there who showed to us that everything is possible. You know? And don't forget our first uh, Sir Hedman you know? and uh, Tenzin Norgay. They, they, they are great people who actually inspired many people around the world. Yeah? So it's nice whenever I get a chance to so read about other people's success. Uh, you oh. know, it's really inspiring what people are doing. So when it comes to inspirational figures, I believe I have so many. Right in my list, uh, at the same time, uh, I hope uh, I can always inspire people um, from time to time. Yeah, so that that's about inspirational uh, figures. I I believe right from my Sherpa to Mesner, and you know our own very own Malaysian climbers who have done wonders in the past. Yeah, thank you, Ravi. Thank you for that. Uh, well said on um, all those inspirational figures that you know motivated each other. To you know, to reach the summit. Um, the last but not the least, uh, Ravi, it's the the main one that we're going to talk about, which is overcoming setbacks. Do you have a setbacks? Well, to be a better person um, in life, to be a successful person, I think we cannot run away from setbacks and failures. Right? Setbacks and failures um, are part of a process for us to improve. Not many people share their setbacks, but every time I go for my inspirational talk, I talk, one of the main topics is about setbacks. And I share with them 
from all this, my setback that I face. All right, uh, it's never easy. All right, and uh, these setbacks are the one actually help me to uh, to be better prepared. Every setbacks will create fear in us. Fear that will, you know, uh, some people beyond recovery. Some people just do not want to face that fear anymore. They will isolate themselves. They will run away from that fear, which coming from the setbacks. But in my case, I always tell people, you know, setbacks, if it happens, it's good. If it don't happen, it's also good. But every time it happens, we love to look at it, look at it deeply and learn from the setbacks, right? Learn from the failures that we went, we go through and we keep improving ourselves. That doesn't mean that you're going to stop climbing, all right? Just because your friend died, just because this year we lost 18 people, we lost including two Malaysians. That is not uh, what you should look at. You should look at that, hey, we have to be better prepared for next one. The weather can change to worse. It might be even a smaller window next year. It can be a traffic jam that's much more bigger than this year. So we have to be better prepared. We have to carry enough oxygen. We have to store enough oxygen at every camp in order for us to overcome this problem. All right, Our lung system has to be good. We have to stay away from cough. We have to stay away from kumbu cough. There are so many things that we learn from the setback that we have every year. I still remember in year 2012, I was hit by avalanche on Manaslu. I still remember yeah. I was buried, rescued by the Sherpas from one rush to camp two and rescue us. I will never forget. You know, so now I never sleep without my boots. All right. I make sure that my inner boots are always with me inside the sleeping bag. And number two, I make sure that um, uh, I have uh, extra headlamps with me at all time. And then I make sure that my gloves are always on and I'm sleeping in my suit, fully suit at 8,000 meter or even 7.3. All right. Even uh, not, not in Camp 2, but Camp 3, Camp 4, yes. Why do I do this? Because I learned from my mistake that I did uh, in year 2012. Right? So Mother Nature can change at any time. It can give you a very big impact. But from the failures that I've gone through, from the setback that I've faced, it helps me to be better prepared now. Right? Um, so that's what this is all about. Um, so if you say that, you are not ready to face setbacks, I think your chances of improving yourself will be very limited. All right? So every setback is about um, uh, a process that we take in, analyze it, and use it to improve ourselves. All right? So I've seen many people uh, giving up. Uh, in my own team, my own uh, people that I guide, uh, they just give up and they just don't want to climb. Uh, it's part and parcel, I believe so, uh, of um, expeditions. Out of 10, maybe one will just give up, don't want to climb anymore um, because they fail in their first attempt. Um, you know, people like us, the nine people, um, people that we look at because we want to inspire the remaining nine people to take up bigger challenges, to look at the setback and keep coming back again and again to challenge themselves. So this is what setback is all about. So uh, this year, I couldn't do two peaks, Everest and Lhotse. I just do uh, one peak, Everest. Coming down, I was rescued and so on. So um, we learn from the mistakes. We learn from the setback that we face. And we must get ready in a very, uh, what we call this, uh, better manner, uh, better discipline and a better equipment and a better preparation uh, okay. and trying to overcome the uh, setback and don't repeat the same mistake again. So um, that's what uh, this is all about. And overcoming the setbacks is, is a process, all right? It won't happen uh, in a day, in a two days. It happens uh, uh, over a period of time. Some people will overcome very fast. Some people will take time to actually overcome. Every individual are different. And if they have the right support team, that is the family, uh, that is the um, uh, their neighbors, their set of friends that they have, 
if those people are very positive, their hiking buddies, if they are very positive, then we see that they can overcome very fast. And I'm lucky. I'm lucky to have some good hikers in the Global Expedition Club Malaysia. They really keep me positive. They really, you know, look at things positively. And they have been my biggest support uh, beside my family. And uh, that really helps, all right? My working colleagues are also there. So if you have this right environment, a very supportive environment, a supportive team uh, behind you, you will be able to overcome your problems or your setbacks very fast. All right. Now, the second part is you need to go back to face the setback. You cannot just sit back and think about the setback. You need to start plan. And this setback that we are talking about, the, the overcoming of this setback process that we're talking about, takes stages. First stage, second stage, and keep on moving until you go back to Everest and to face it again. So that's what this is all about. It, it's not like, you know, overnight overcoming, all right? Even how strong you are, you still have to go through the same process, all right? So that's what uh, I do. That's what I uh, prepared for uh, every time I face with setbacks and failures. So I smile at myself every time I look at the setback. I know I can come up with a lot of solution. I can realize all the mistakes that I do and move on to put myself in the same situation and overcome uh, the problems. Yeah, so it's, it's good. I always uh, love the word setback. Yeah, and I share this uh, with most of the um, organizations, especially when I'm giving talk and inspirational. This topic is one of the biggest and most important topic, especially people who love challenges, all right? And those people who give up along the way, they know uh, setback is one of the cause. Failures is one of the cause for them not going back to face the same challenge yeah, in their life. So I hope um, everybody, listeners outside there, you know, don't worry about setbacks, don't worry about failures. Be positive, be ready to face it and keep trying until you overcome these setbacks all right so setback is great all right failures are great it's a stepping stone for us to achieve much more bigger things in our life so can i say Ravi, that uh, nothing is going to stop you from going back to nepal again and yes we of young people uh, five young people preparing for their everest in 2025 we are busy training them started last year so um, we will make sure that they are much more better ready and uh, equipped and they are ready to face the setback. Yeah? So constant um, uh, training, preparation is necessary in order for us to overcome the setbacks. That is. So I believe as long as our physical condition is good, we will be going back again and again to Everest to face the challenge. So that's what this is all about. And if every two years you can take up one challenge, you will see that you're a happy person every two years. Right. Thank you, Ravi. Ravi, now we're going to take the questions here right now. So we have uh, DK Gauri Danas. She has asked that, what are the other mountains you will recommend before getting to Everest? How many years did you spend building yourself up to Everest? It, Everest is a process. It's a process of um, physically getting ready, mentally getting ready, and technically. The three things that you need to be uh, prepared. Some people, if they are retired, they can do it in six months. We can prepare them in six months if they have the physical condition which is ready. Physical condition is the one that will take a longer process. Technical, we just bring you to mountains, Elbrus uh, in Russia, we got 7,000 meters in uh, Kyrgyzstan, and then we got some mountains in China to bring you to face altitude, to face all the technical challenge. And we also have a few peaks in uh, Nepal, Island Peak and uh, all those uh, other peaks, where we will expose you technically. So that one can be done in six months also, yeah, sometimes in a year. But if you are working adults, sometimes will take a longer process. I believe it's two years process. All right. Now, the most important is mentally preparing yourself, right? Some people are prepared fully. They have been tested and they are ready to be tested up there in the real world, yeah? the real Everest. But some people are not. 
it takes a longer process, more than two years, some even three, four years, right? Whenever we put them at 6,000 meters, 7,000 meters, they fail. So we have to give them a longer time for them to get ready. So it's not like uh, every individual is same, you know, we can take the team as one and we train them, it's not. So every individual have to go through the process. So if you are physically ready, you can join me for next year. All right, you can join me uh, for a 7,000 meter next coming autumn season. Or you can do uh, like just uh, concluded uh, most of the Elbrus climb to learn all the basic climb yeah, um, in Russia. So this is what we uh, plan, we organize and to prepare the climber. So some climbers we can do in six months, some climbers three years, some climbers two years. That's what the time that you have to uh, allocate. And the, the mountains just now I mentioned are good enough. You can always contact me if you want more info. You can look at our schedules that we bring people for training. You can always, you know, if you're free, you can always join us. Uh, there's always opportunity for us to include people into uh, training and preparing them. Yeah. Thank you, Ravi. So we're going to take one more question. I mean, rather, it seems like... Uh, so uh, we have a friend from uh, LinkedIn. Uh, his name is Greg. Um, so he said, I have seen on movies of some people cross the ice mountains using a ladder. How does that feel like? So he wants to know your experience about using the ladder to cross over the mountains. Ladder crossing is uh, scary, actually, especially in the Kumbu Icefall on Everest. We use uh, many ladders, some um, even up to 20, 25. At Island Peak, we have one or two, all right? Um, so it depends on mountain to mountain the number of ladders being used to support us to cross the crevasses. Some crevasses are flat. They mean they will join one or two ladders connected, tied to each other. And when you're moving, it's very shaky and it's very scary. But some ladders are put as vertical as 60 degree or 50 degree or 45 degree to, uh, to make us move from one crevasse, uh, to cross the crevasse, yeah? from one um, cubicle ice to another because of the uh, broken space in between, yeah, uh, creating a big crevasse. So uh, we do have this on Kumbu Icefall, and we have to face this, especially if we're moving from base camp to camp one. Right? Camp one to camp two, we have one or two crevasses opening, but we use single ladder. Right? But the one that most difficult one is when we're crossing the Kumbu Icefall where we have two, three ladder connected to each other. And it's very shaky, it's being placed. And every one week, two weeks, the ice doctors who actually fix these uh, ladders at the Kumbu Icefall, they will check and they will make sure that it's always in good condition. But there are some uh, people who do mistakes, especially ladder crossing, where they are mentally not prepared and of course, technically not prepared, and they will drop into the crevices. That's why um, we use many Sherpa support in order for us to have a safe journey crossing these ladders. Yeah? It's good to train, to be prepared, because we are shaky ladder and a very stable ladder makes so much of difference yeah? in our feeling when we are crossing. Sometimes when we have low um, uh, confidence level, of course, our layers will start shaky, all right? That's what training is all about. That's what experience is all about. So now I cross the ladders smoothly, but uh, at the beginning of my career, um, it was tough to cross, all right? So that's what this is all about, ladder crossing. But every human being, uh, once they cross one, two, three, and they'll become very confident to cross the remaining of the ladders. Yeah, that's what human nature, all right? All you need to do is just experience few and you will be in very good uh, prepared uh, position in order for you to cross the remaining of the ladders, yeah? I hope that's... It's a, uh, it's a, uh, inspirational, Ravi. I mean, speaking with you for the past uh, 59 minutes. And of course, at this point of time, um, DK Gauri has said, uh, you are very inspiring, Mr. Ravi Chandran Everest. Respects. Thank you. Um, and of course, um, Ravi, as we as we spoke uh, spoke about all those stuff that you know, that you know, nutrition and hydration, your gear support, weather conditions, personal uh, transformations, 
but I think mainly more on physical recovery we talk about. And lastly is, of course, the outcoming, sorry, overcoming your setbacks. Uh, before we end this uh, Kobe rants for today, uh, Ravi, do you have any advices for people who are listening to this or people who plan to, like, just like Gauri itself, who plans to do more climbing? Um, any any, any um, expertise advice from you, Ravi? Well, I, I would say um, uh, it's good for you to have dreams. Uh, it's good for you to have um, goal setting and be, what do you call it? Um, be positive in uh, going for your goal. Uh, just uh, it takes a little bit of preparation, a very steady preparation. Um, make sure that you have uh, enough preparation. Put in uh, time, discipline, effort, stay committed, stay determined to your goal. And uh, somehow it will lead you to be well prepared for your challenge. It's just that the time that you put in, uh, be fair. Uh, if you put in um, good timing, uh, good sacrifices, I believe you'll be better prepared. But if you are those person who have very limited time, uh, be fair to yourself. Give yourself enough time to to be well prepared for your challenge. Everything is possible. You know, we have proven to the world this human uh, uh, human side basically can do anything that they dream of. Yeah. So I believe uh, that's a message that I would like to share with everybody. It's about going for your dream, all right? And forget about those negative comments or negative energy that you receive from your surrounding, okay? It's bound to happen. It's bound to be there because that's what will inspire you, all right? If you say that everything is going to be smooth, there's no going to be any criticism, even how good you are also, there will be criticism. It's normal to put that fire in you. All right, to keep that fire in you to be better, to be better prepared, because that fire is the one that's going to lead you to your success. All right, so keep that fire burning and let that people ignite the fire from time to time, right? And give you that extra boost. All right, I think that's the message. And uh, thank you very much again, uh, uh, Vanan, for this invitation to participate and be able to. Um, talk to uh, your fan and I hope I'll get many more uh, chances to be able to um, connect with you and your fans outside there and if possible inspire one or two. All right. Thank, Thank you very you much. Thank you so much. We will definitely will meet up for the co coffee or call the Kopi in a Malaysian style uh, very soon in KL itself. Um, thank you very much. Uh, despite your busy schedule today, um, you still put in the one hour and, you know, to share your expertise and your experiences to all our viewers. Thank you so much, Ravi. And we definitely will get connected again. Sure. Thank you, Ravi. Thank you so much. All right, folks. Uh, this is uh, Vance, especially with Ravi. I think um, he's uh, second time joining us at Kopi events. Um, I had a great time. I'm sure you had a great time as well. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we are at Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So you can actually listen to all these um, topics that we have done. And also with Ravi itself, uh, today will be in, in podcast as well. So you can actually listen to them. And um, one thing that I, I always uh, learned in every podcast itself, I'm sure you have takebacks and and you actually explore that, that, you know, Ravi is such a, what shall I say, such a positive uh, attitude, you know. Um, he just do what he feels like and, with, you know, such humble character he is. It's such a inspiration right now he's doing in, 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 in wherever he is right now in Malaysia. And, you know, doing talks to youth and people and corporate as well. Motivation, I think, is one of the most important thing in our human life. Um, just now, Ravi talked about, you know, having that fire in you is very, very important. Um, this fire is something like you have to fuel yourself um, because it's burning within you. But in any case, if you are not uh, motivated, I think you should listen to this podcast from the beginning. Um, such a full information, even though we didn't have a chance to go to Nepal, uh, Ravi actually brought that to us locally where we are right now and listening to us and seeing how he did the presentations and 
the talk as well. I mean, such an inspirational uh, topic that we talked about today. So if if we have that fire within us is, you know, beaming away, I think it's very important for us to get ourselves charged up and get moving, uh, you know, like you talked about, you know, the things will always come to you, even though you're doing how good you are, or even you're not doing good any good, you still get all these criticisms and comments. I mean, this is how human life is all about. But if you have such a positive attitude and just moving ahead and doing things you love and have the huge passion and love that you within you and keep that fire burning, I think everything is possible. So this is Vance um, every Wednesday at Kobe events. And uh, today we did it at 10 p.m., but normally it will be at 9 so catch up for another exciting topic again with Kobe events. Till then, adios amigo. I'll catch you on my on our Kobe events topic. Adios.